All right, hey everyone, this is Three Count Life, and welcome back. Very exciting that we're back with uh, Chris, Kyle, and Maria. And I just wanted to address the support we've received is pretty incredible. So thank you, everybody. A lot of uh, social media is pretty active, and uh, Chris is handling a lot of that, and he's doing a really great job. But again, thanks for all the support. Tonight, what were we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about quarantine. It sucked, but did you pick up a hobby, learn a new skill, do something, a cool project, whatever, that maybe you put off? We're going to talk about Dynamite. Chris will do his rundown like he did, and we'll have some great conversation off of that. It's uh, If you didn't listen to the last week's episode, check that out as well. A uh, really good rundown of Dynamite. Then when it comes to dating... We want to talk about age differences and how is it how old is too old and how old is too young. And finally, how important is it to have a purpose in life, professionally, personally, whatever? And do you feel you're pursuing your purpose? So, guys, that was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was only like, it was a minute twenty, not bad. So, did any one of you two? pick up a new skill a new hobby did you finish a project did you do anything productive during quarantine (laughs) um i attempted to to learn tarot cards and i definitely failed at that because i bought the deck but i didn't put the time and effort into really learning it so there was that um, there's other stuff I tried that I won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Unfortunately, that's an inside joke for now. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're really friends with me, you know. Yeah, but, uh, pretty sure it's not for now. It's forever. <laughs> uh, um, but that was a big fail. And um, I don't know. What the hell? I didn't do anything. I learned that I'm more productive at work than at home, actually. Wow. That's interesting because yeah. I learned the opposite of that. I exactly. Really, yeah, I really thought because I like being home, I like waking up. Don't get me wrong. I like waking up early. And um, I'm sorry if any of my coworkers or bosses are listening. It's the truth. Um I like waking up early and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I work from home and I'm still a few minutes late to work. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I actually am more focused at work because yesterday I finally went back for like we go in one day a week now and I was able to get so much more done than I am at home. No, not to say that I'm not getting stuff done. I think it's just the organization of everything. It's like kind of all over the place. Because everyone's home and everyone is working. So um, it's just easier because I have everything where I know it is at work. And here everything's just kind of like on the table and my cat lays on it and I'm <laughs> looking for things. And I think it's just more organizational. But um, yeah, I can't wait to go back to work. Never in my life did I think I would say that. But it's well, yeah, real. Maria, I'm the anti you. <laughs> Every absolutely everything you said, I'm the complete opposite. But I, I feel I feel like not to cut you off, but I feel like 
when all this started happening that you were kind of like, you didn't want to work from home. To me? Yeah, I thought you were saying like you were okay staying in the office. No, 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 no. You must have been mistaken. Or or were you like having a hard time transitioning from the office to home? I don't know. It's the the type of work I do. It requires a lot of um, conversing on projects and things of that nature. But I'm telling you. Uh, if I did feel that way at the very beginning, it was probably just more of the fact that I was down because the whole COVID thing was actually going on in the first place. And I was just, you know, overall worried about everything. But after the transition of working from home and everything on, on projects and such, it just, I don't know. I I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm more productive at home. I am not, as easily distracted by other people coming up to me asking questions about certain things so there's that you know there's a time and place where I can respond to their messages um without them having to you know walk up to my desk and ask me questions you know and then I have to stop what I'm doing to to help them on their put out their fires and such so you know I guess learning all that as as I'm starting to work from home I'm, I'm gathering that uh that information and run taking taking it in stride because it's it's helping me work a lot better so yeah i agree i call those drive-bys when i'm at work yeah, and i i get thousands of them. yeah when Dude. i'm sitting there you know doing my job and i have somebody a lot of times you have somebody who's going to speak up and say something like hey excuse me or whatever <clears throat> or you know hey ass because that's just the environment but <laughs> um <laughs> You know, a lot of times they just and you look at them and you're like, there's this awkward person just standing there staring at me. They came to me and want me to initiate the conversation. It's like, what are we doing here? So to me at home, I have been more productive tenfold. So it's been uh, it's been cool. And I'm doing one week in, one week out right now. So this week I'm home again and I like it. I feel I've gotten a lot more done. I think I think my company is actually going to be one of the companies that's going to go um, permanently work from home, all remote from here on out. wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't something we discussed previous to COVID, but it just so happened to be you know played a factor into it. And now we, uh, the majority of us, uh, maybe one or two don't feel this way, but the majority of us actually feels the way I do and benefits from it. So we're I think I think we're actually going to. He's our, my my boss is either going to give us the option to either give us an option to go in or work from home or we're eventually or he, we're just going to come out and say we're just all going to work from home from here on out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's interesting. It's been interesting talking to people and seeing, you know, what their particular employer is doing. Um, yeah, but I know Chris, a lot of people. I know a lot of I know a lot of companies that are doing the same over here as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. So, did you pick anything up or learn anything or build a fence or something? Me? Yeah, during quarantine. No, I've been so bombarded with work. I I mean, I've I've taken on new things at work. Uh, don't want to get into like all the crazy specifics of it, but there was nothing out of the ordinary that I that I did. Hey, I did take up a podcast though. 
<laughs> that's true. That's he did. Yeah, yeah, I did you do did. that. That's a first, you know. So absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> there's one new interesting thing I did besides work at the podcast. So. Yeah. You know, that's another thing. Yeah. So uh, Mar- Maria knows this. I did a. Uh, I actually wrote a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> and Dur- it'll probably COVID? never see. Yeah, it'll probably yeah. never see the light of day, but I like it because it's sci-fi with ninjas. So I can't think of two cooler things than that. Well, that sounds like a podcast episode to me. Just read the whole screenplay. Yeah, I mean, it's copyrighted, so there you go. Um, maybe it would get picked <laughs> up. I don't know. Maybe we can do a table read. Yeah. We, oh, my God, that'd be so cool. Various, right, right, we I can all embrace various characters. I want to be a ninja. <laughs> Yeah, I might grab a sword and cut my table in half, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's really what I did. Well, a lot of it. So I live in an apartment, so I didn't have like an outdoor project or anything to do. So uh, that's what I did. Oh, I did figure out how to fix my lawnmower. Oh, nice. Yeah. Never actually tore one apart before. I had to do that. So there's that. So, yeah, share some things that you've done. I know it's kind of like a tired topic, but I wanted to bring it up because maybe you'll be inspired to rebuild your lawnmower or get into tarot cards or write a screenplay. Um, there's a lot of really good resources out there for all of those things. That's that's the beauty of it. Now, one thing I learned, the best way to learn screenwriting is to read screenplays. Like, that kind of blew my mind. Okay. I mean, that's a really so, good thing to do. Yeah, it was fun as shit. Like, there were times I'm sitting there like, this is actually really cool, but I don't have the balls to, like, take it anywhere. <laughs> so, I feel like that's really therapeutic. It was pretty awesome. And if you were to ask me what is my favorite thing, it's ninjas by far. So I, I had to, like, you know. And, and I don't like... You know, like the, I'm I'm all about the futuristic stuff. So, you know, I didn't want to write like an old school fantasy, you know, sword and dragon kind of crap. So, it's it's interesting for sure. How does one begin to write a screenplay? Uh, fade in, <laughs> the two <laughs> most important words, and then you just kind of go from there. It's uh, it's it's interesting. So one thing I learned. I think the coolest screenplay I read was The War of the Planet of the Apes by Matt Reeves. Because that one, that movie, I don't know if you've seen those movies, they're really, really good. But that one didn't start with like a a scene per se, right? Like a lot of action movies, they start in your face with a scene. That one started with, you know, like drums rumbling and really cool graphics on like the the credits on the screen and things and it and it slowly crept into the opening scene and i was starting my screenplay just ripping and rolling you know what i mean just bam 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 and i I read the first page of mine and i'm like jesus there's like 10 things happening (laughs) you know let's tone this back a little bit jesus so I I read that one and I was like, holy crap, this is the approach I want to take. And I thought it was much more impactful. 
So, but I read, and I read them sometimes. You talk about therapeutic. Take like your favorite movie or a movie you really like and read the screenplay. It's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Never and then take one. Oh, I me either. And then you take one, a movie you've never watched before and read the screenplay. And it's an even totally different, different experience. And they're not always great. Like Joker. I don't know if you guys saw Joker or not. I think that's, that movie is a masterpiece. The screenplay is really weird. Like I didn't, I read it and I'm like, this, this is weird. <laughs> I, you know, they, they definitely I, made magic. I haven't seen that movie yet, actually. Oh, it's incredible. But anyway, that's just, it is, it's very therapeutic. I highly, highly recommend doing it. I just uh, fucking pulled up a YouTube video on how to, <laughs> how to change, well, how to clean a carburetor on the lawnmower. Yeah. And just brute force my way through it. <laughs> Maria should do a tarot card reading. Yeah. On the podcast. Absolutely. Well, when I learn how to like understand, <laughs> I'm like doing it. So I'm wait, trying to wait, do wait, it wait. to my question. son, and I'm like, what am I doing? I got a question because I'm not, I'm not keen on all this. Uh, I know you, you like astrology. Yeah. Is this like mixed in with astrology? Is this like a, 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 a facet of it or something? Is this? I mean, it is. It's like uh, you're reading your cards. So, like, if you go on the Internet, if you go on YouTube, because, you know, some of us girls, you know, my friends will be up late at night and can't sleep. And we'll just go like you have to for a general reading, you're going to go for your sun sign, which mine is Sagittarius. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) And <laughs> is that is that I'm a I'm, I was born in December, so I'm a Capricorn. Is that right? I was born in December too. Well, well okay. Your birthday is on your Twitter profile. You're Capricorn. Um, okay. So you would like you know look up Capricorn, and your tarot cards are supposed to, you know, kind of it's for people who need to hear like they need to hear something. They're kind of stuck in limbo with some problem. It's usually love. And um, the problem with it is, is they say time is fluid, which means this can mean past, present, or future. So you're kind of like, what the fuck? This could have happened like 10 years ago. (laughs) You know, know. like that's the only problem I find with tarot cards. And lately I'm thinking that maybe I just jinxed myself. Um. Because I wasn't really big in, I always got my cards read every now and then, like maybe once a year since I've been like 20. But uh, it's been a lot more lately. So now I'm kind of just like, did I jinx myself? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't really recommend the YouTube channels because they're not for everyone. And you're going to start thinking things in your head like oh, my God, what are they talking about? Or, like, you're going to start wait, thinking better. Wait, hold on. There's YouTube t- channels dedicated to reading cards for a mass audience? Yes. So How, how is it even remotely it has that to, it's going to be accurate? It's not. It's It says it. It says, like, it might not be your story. So, like, if I'm – and this is all hypothetical. This isn't true. Obviously. Um, <laughs> well, so – for hypothetical purposes, I could be 
talking to someone, you know, and I got a reading the other day that said this person is going to ghost you and they're not good for you. And it sucks. (laughs) And it sucks because it could be a really potentially good relationship. And, you know, I was kind of like, well, hypothetically, that could be my story at some point in time. Time is fluid. But, um, you know, it, it has to relate to you. And then there was other times that I got a reading where it was like, the love of your life is right around the corner. And I'm like, no, the fuck they're not like, this isn't for me. So, but then you start thinking like, well, what, like, who is it? Like, is it this person or that person? Or I don't recommend it. I recommend personal readings going and paying for them. I don't think I should pay for it. Yeah. I was about to say you recommend paying for this. Yeah. I, when I would go, like, once a year, I... You'd recommend to pay somebody to tell you something that may have happened 10 years ago. No, I... It's more... Or, per, no, it's more personal when you go and do a personal reading, when it's just you and the lady. Don't get me now, wrong. Now, now is, does this fall into, like, palm readings and shit, too? Is that... I, I don't... Is that something else? Is that another facet of all this? All of it is spiritual and you have to believe in it. If you don't believe in it, it's it's not it's not for you. Like, you know, if you don't believe in astrology, it's not for you. If you don't believe that you are your sun, moon, or rising, then it's not for what? you. Yeah, it's too complicated. <laughs> but don't believe that I'm the sun rising? Like, you know, you read your horoscope, your Capricorn horoscope, and... If if you could connect with that, then your tarot cards might kind of be on point if you went and got a personal reading. I have a story behind it. I could tell. I think it would be a long waste of time this time. Maybe next podcast I could tell my story on what made me actually finally believe that this could be true. That would be pretty cool, actually, if you did that. So I'm yeah. going to write that down so we don't forget. Yeah. You, yeah. There was try, one. Try and make me a believer. There was believe. one instance where I was like, holy shit, blown away by what actually happened that this lady said was going to happen if I did a particular thing. It went, it, it stretched a little far beyond just the tarot card reading. I had to do a little extra things, but what I did and what happened afterwards was like so on point that even to this day i'm just like i can't believe that fucking happened well that's a good cliffhanger to leave this topic on yeah, yeah i agree yeah. let's leave them leave them seething for more Absolutely. and next time you will do this <laughs> um so that, that was cool i like that but yeah just you know if you you don't have to be on quarantine to do if, if you if you have a thought that you want to try something, do it, right? I mean, of course, yeah. Pick something up, go for it, because I guarantee you, um, somebody is gonna be like, "That's fucking cool." So, do it. And that is all I'm gonna like. Chris said, "We gotta leave this on a cliffhanger because that's that's good shit." <laughs> and speaking of Chris, Chris, let's get into dynamite, man. Let's let's run this thing down. Whew, all right. Well, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And Britt Brit Baker was back with a funny promo. 
in my opinion. Yep. I thought it was hilarious. Go ahead. <laughs> She's a shining star. That's yeah. In this promotion. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see. The show tonight started with uh, Jericho coming out in all his glory and grandeur. Uh, he has Floyd the Bat with him. Um, he was going to, well, he's going to be on commentary with us for the, I, th- I want to say it was like the first hour of the show until something happened. We'll get to that either. We'll get to that a little <laughs> later on. But uh, Jericho on commentary is everything that we as wrestling fans want in this day and age in commentary like yeah i agree the complete package as a performer in the wrestling industry i just can't stress that enough i make tweets about it damn near every time he's on commentary um i I think 99.9 percent of twitter is in uh, complete agreement with that (laughs) but um so after after he comes out joins commentary team we had the first match of the night started off the you know a good high octane match it was the butcher and the blade versus the debuting well in-ring debut of ftr um they had a little cool entrance video we didn't see the whole thing because they panned over to them entering uh in the same truck that they arrived in last week um so during the match they had tolly uh jake arn they were all on the sidelines in the stands taking notes about the match uh jericho was really bringing home the uh meat and potatoes style that ftr brings to the table brings in a ring um you know they're, they're not the flippy kind they're they are what did they what did they say in wwe uh no flips just fists i want to say yeah that's what they yeah say. yeah <clears throat> so uh they ended up uh let's see they they win the match they perform the i guess the shatter machine is no more they called it the good night express yeah that was the name of the shatter machine very strange and then they did something else called the mind breaker um that's i guess that's their new finishing move or maybe they both are i don't know uh so after the match uh they beat butcher and blade talked to tony um for a split second, so the Young Bucks come out to congratulate them on having such a great match. And the Young Bucks wanted to properly introduce themselves since they didn't get to the previous week. Um, they went about maybe 10 seconds for a handshake into there, and then they could try to get a handshake from them. And then Butcher and Blade started attacking them. Uh, we had, who was it? Uh, it was Skip Sabian and, and, and Havoc came out from the crowd into the ring. Then we had Hangman. And Adam, uh, Hangman Adam Page and Omega come out, and it was just a big brawl that ensued. Hangman comes out with a Jack and Coke in hand for the <laughs> brawl. That was, uh, that was perfect. Uh, then after they cleared out Kip Sabian, Havoc, Butcher, and Blade out of the ring, it was pretty much FTR, Young Bucks, and Hangman and Omega in the ring staring each other down. Um, while the bad guys were on the outside of the ring. It's pretty much, I guess, giving us a teaser of things to come in the tag team division. We had the champs. We had the Young Bucks, who say they're the greatest of all time. We had FTR, who's saying they're the greatest of all time. We had a young upstart team in Kip Sabian and Havoc that's been wreaking havoc around the division. I want to say they're pretty top ranked right now. And we had Butcher and Blade. Uh, They were just there, I guess. So 
Yep, that was the opening segment. What did you guys think about that? I really liked the mind breaker. I, I liked the match. I liked the match. I can't remember what the move was. What, 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 what was it exactly? It was like a uh, one of them essentially did a pile driver with the other guy jumping off the oh, rope. Off, and, the, off the rope. Okay. Yeah, so it was making like it even compound pile driver. Less yeah. safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was too uh, busy uh, writing down, taking my notes, and I re- I was like, what, good night express? I'm like, yeah. I was writing that, and I didn't get to see the move. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. I like the match being a very physical match. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned before, I think, well, no, I don't think. I know um, every promotion besides WWE does tag team wrestling really well. AEW's got it perfected. So I love the high-flying quick tag stuff, but and they, and, I, and I they love a good physical tag team match just as yeah. much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely physical. And they, and they have it. They had it perfected before FTR even arrived. Mm-hmm. FTR, we, you know, they, they fit right in. That, they, that's yeah, what I love about it. A, they they look, oh, I'm so happy to see those guys there now. You know what I mean? They they mm-hmm. they fit right in. It was an awesome match. Butcher and the Blade. I mean they 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 all they they put on a really good match. So and the, I like the, the open fact, the open was awesome. Yeah, and I like the fact that. Um, they're not going straight into the FTR versus Young Bucks. They had a lot of other tag teams, you know, uh, you know, start the brawl and everything. So there's there's multiple variations that we could see with these, you know, five, six major tag teams that's in there right now, let alone the other tag teams that are very well spoken of that weren't even there. We had, you know, we've got uh, Santana and Ortiz weren't in there. Uh, best friends weren't in there. Uh, uh, who else wasn't in there? I mean, there, there's a lot of other. Uh, Jurassic Express wasn't in there. There's a lot of other, um, a lot of other factions that would be cool to see them face. But they are teasing us with the Young Bucks. But I don't. I, I'm glad that they're teasing more than just FTR versus the Young Bucks. For sure. What's your take, Maria? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Because I was like wishy-washy watching it tonight. So the past two weeks, you didn't watch it at all. Well, I didn't have power. This week. I know, but <laughs> you finally get the opportunity to, to watch the show. And you decided to do your nails instead. <laughs> wow. Am I right? You don't have to go throw me under the bus about what we talked about <laughs> prior you, to podcasting. I was about to say, do you guys feel that? That's called tension. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Maria's take. Wow. She likes, she, likes okay. red, she likes red paint on her nails. That's her take on the match. Is All right. it red? Did you do red? <laughs> I did, yeah. Okay, I mean, there's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta ask that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, um, a hard hitting question. It wasn't bad. It was just like I was kind of paying attention, but I was, you know, I don't know, like I, I don't know. Well, all right. After that match, they had a segment said, let's see, next week, uh, Apple guy, what's his name, QT, and Dustin versus Hangman and Omega for the tag team championships. 
Um, they were backstage talking to Dustin and QT, and Brandy was there, and Allie was there as well. And Brandy wanted to know why the hell Allie is still even here. Um, I am 100% with Brandy on this one. We are wondering the same exact thing. Uh, I don't know why she's there. I don't care why she's there. I want QT off my fucking television. I can't stand this guy. Same. No really? personality. No personality. They're trying to they're trying to like give him personality where there is none to begin with. I can't stand it. I don't know. He's it's becoming like a nightmare collective kind of thing with him and Dustin. It's very fucking sad because I love Dustin. I love Brandy, but this this stupid. I, you know, I can't deal with it. That's my I, that's my personal opinion. I, I just how do you guys feel about QT Marshall? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He uh he reminds me of uh or he annoys me as much as what was that little weirdo that oh, what was that kid's name that hung out with the Miz back in the day? Oh, Alex the, Riley. Oh my God! For some reason, that's all I think about. <laughs> I like nice. Alex Riley. Oh, and Jesus. then okay, and then if QT okay, QT's a, a, a vacuum of personality enough. <laughs> Dustin Dustin's sitting here trying to talk sense into him, and Allie is just standing there next to him and doesn't defend herself for one second the entire no, time. That was weird. Like she said nothing. She just yeah. stood there. Like Okay, y'all are a match made in heaven because QT ain't saying shit. He's stupid as hell, and now you're not saying shit, and you're being talked about right in front of your fucking face. Like uh, that that segment, uh, dude. I don't know what's going on with that. I feel like Brandy's cursed. I feel like everything she tries to do, <laughs> something. It's just a horrible situation every time she tries to make something happen. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the curse of Brandy. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. you know she she's trying really hard, but you're right. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think I think I don't know. I think I think this one's weird. Uh, this is weird. It's it's Nightmare Collective 2.0. It's just <laughs> the different form of weird. I don't know. I, I can't get I can't grasp it. And I feel bad for Brandy and Dustin at this point. Anyway, after that dumbass segment, we had the second match: Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose versus. Chris Statlander and AEW Women's Champion currently Hikaru Shida. Um, I I enjoyed this match. Speaking of physical matches, this was another very good physical match I found. Um, the only part I didn't like is this damn knee off the top rope spot that Nyla does, where she just hangs yeah. people on the rope for ten minutes and then yeah. she just you know I can't stand it. Like the, like you could have had. Penelope forwards like at least hold them on the ropes and you know maybe give them some shoulder hits of some sort just to kind of keep them on the ropes I don't know I don't know it was it was strange I, it's always strange it's never good but everything else about the match was great um at the end of the match Nyla tosses the championship belt and Karishita's championship belt to Penelope Ford uh while the ref's back's turn hits Sheeta in the face, and then pins Sheeta for the win. Uh, what's your take on this 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 match, Kyle? I'm sorry. Well, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, you can't get distracted what? on the puck. <laughs> but 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 Maria can be distracted the entire time. Dynamite's on. 
different scenarios. Sorry. No different scenario. Okay, we we want, we want to play the scenario game here. <laughs> um, let, let me let me pull at your heartstrings a little bit. Single dad. Um, you know my my child, who I love more than anything, came out. And yeah, so. And I was also painting my nails red. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I like Penelope Ford. I think I think she's got a really really bright future. I'm always down with Chris Statlander and Sheeta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a I, Nyla Rose just bothers me like Nia Jax does. So I think no, they should. No, 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 no. I, I, I think put her in I the literally same think they need to be put in a cage chainsaw death match or something. No, why? Cross promotion why? chainsaw death match because we can get rid of. <laughs> Even with as green as Nyla Rose is, she still leaves better than Nia Jax. Well, yeah, because Nia Jax is just a turd. Like she's just a yes, exactly. She's like a goon. You'd have Nia no. Jax. I get, it. I get it. You're right. You're it right. I'll give you that. Show. You'd have Nia Jax who probably can't even pick up Nyla Rose, and That's then true. imagine Nyla Rose hanging her on the ropes for ten. Nyla Jax, uh, Nyla fucking Jax. <laughs> imagine Nyla Rose hanging. What her face is on the rope for ten minutes while she prepares for her flying knee in a right. steel cage. You want to see that? No. I don't no, think they're you. comparable. They, they annoy me as much as the other one does. That that's the point I was getting at. I, I don't know what it is, and they're not they're not nope. comparable. You're right. Nope. Um, they but they, they both the just aggravate the hell out of me. I find Nyla Rose has gotten progressively better since her first match to now. She has gotten progressively better. She has some weird moves. Um, I don't like the knee thing, but everything else, she has gotten progressively better. Nia Jax has gotten progressively worse. Yes, the entire AEW women's division is better than it was. Like, you know, Absolutely. leaps and bounds better. She is incredible. <clears throat> I'm telling you right now, I think Penelope Ford has an incredible future. That She's that really kid, good, man. Yeah, that that kid can she she can she can wrestle, man. Um, she she's a lot of fun to watch. She's athletic too. She's yeah. very uh she she and, can yeah. and Statlander's just awesome. And you're right, Nyla Rose is getting better and I, I think she's understanding I think a lot of it comes from understanding the business, right? I mean you gotta do your yeah. part on both ways, like not just offensively, right? You you gotta sell. Mm-hmm. Um no, you're right. I, I agree with that for sure. She's definitely okay. leaps okay. and just so, that's not just so, so I guess they, they they just annoy me. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is. What's the, but, I mean, okay, well, I guess we can't pinpoint why Nyla Rose annoys I'll, you. I'll but... have to write a manifesto or something. Yeah, but, okay, just don't put it in this, but don't put her in the same category. As... No, no, I agree. Please. You're right, you're right. Jesus Christ. Okay. I agree. Uh, after that match, <laughs> they had a Darby Allen segment with that was so Tony cool. fucking Hawk. That was and cool. And they showed a montage of Darby trying to land on a skateboard off the of top of a ladder uh, at least, I don't know, eight times before he actually did it. Uh, while watching this, I was tweeting out, yeah, I don't think uh, th- this is going to help you get cleared for entering action doing that kind of shit. But. Well, that's why he said he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I know, and that's why I like him, because he never gives a fuck. Yeah, he's Darby but, fucking Allen. Yeah. I want to see more Darby. I miss him. I miss him in yeah. ring. I, I, I feel a void on the show. I'm starting to fill a void on the show, just seeing little bitty segments of him versus actually in ring action. Yeah, his return's going to be awesome, though. Oh, dude, the pop. They're waiting for a crowd for him. 
maybe that's why I'm pulled back from it. Not that I don't like anybody else on the show because I, I love Joey Janela and I thought the little Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss teaser was great. And maybe it's just a Jersey thing, but no, that was cool as hell. I, yeah. I really like that. But I mean, like I, maybe that's what I, I need it. I need him. Be, you know, like MJF is a great talker. He didn't say much tonight. Um, I waited for that, and it was very. I mean, anything he says is just fire on the microphone. He could say the dumbest stuff, but it was very short, so I waited for that. Okay, and um, I think I missed. That's what's missing. Like my my favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't understand that, especially like when it when it's multiple weeks of just like small segments for somebody like, like I understand Mox, they kind of set up the match for fighter fest already. And it's kind of, you know, set in stone now. And it's like, I, you know, I saw him on dark against, uh, he was on dark against, I, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but I mean, he, you know, he has matches here and there, but it's matches that you can't really invest yourself in. Cause you know, he's going to win and there's no story behind it. And it's just, you know, I, I like story driven. Um, story-driven wrestling myself. Just like uh, we knew Cody was going to win tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. I don't, I'm not a fan of um, these open challenges every week. I got to defend the title every week. It, it, I'm not a fan of that. I know John Cena made it famous and all that, but just not a fan of it. It doesn't bode well for storytelling, in my opinion. But uh, let's see. After the Darby Allen segment, then we had the Britt Baker segment speaking about her struggles versus Big Swole struggles. That was hilarious. Um, what, what did you What did you like about that, Kyle? Uh, it was It was very well delivered. Um, but I loved when she was on the field with that uh, like two pound weight attached to the her. And Re- Rebel was holding it for her. Well, yeah, her. Yeah. Um, what the hell is it? The wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, the, the no, the Rolls Royce. Yes, the Rolls. Let's get it right. The yeah. Rolls Royce. I thought that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, I like last week's promo better than this week's promo. This was just kind of like an add-on feature to last week's promo. Last week's promo was, I think, was way better, but still same same premise, still funny shit for sure. Not to mention she was art. She was in the crowd again tonight uh, in her Rolls Royce. I think she was on the back yeah, of the uh, golf cart again, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, let's see. During the commercial break after that segment, they showed. Um, I know some. I know. Some, I know there's some fans out there, some listeners that might be interested in this for sure. Um, they showed the Unrivaled collection action figures that are coming out. So they got the whole yep. Those you know, are first awesome. set of action figures coming out. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners had already discussed this with me. They said he pre-ordered all of them already. So that was wow. Cool. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, and after the, after that commercial, they uh, came back and Jim Ross said, uh, so Jericho can't wait till August so he can even make more money from this endeavor. <laughs> and Jericho said it, his uh, action figure is going to be the first one he buys. That's for sure. <laughs> then after that, it was, uh, let's see, the third match. It was uh, Proud and Powerful and Hager versus Best Friends and the baddest man on the planet, Orange Cassidy. I saw that. Yeah, that was awesome. I really like Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah? He's my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) 
I popped when Hager attacked him on the entrance ramp. And hey! What? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what? You popped when he attacked Orange Cassidy? Why? I did. Because I popped it what Jericho said because he's fucking gold. All right. Jer- Jericho said Hager looks like he's beating up the 15-year-old version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was good. I did hear him say that, and I mean, it was hilarious. After he said it, that was what was even better. Like Jericho laughs at his own dumbass remarks. Oh God, it was great. Still laughing about it. Okay, <clears throat> Orange Pendle <Pindor> <laughs> Orange Pendle is the match to win it for them. So there you go. Orange got the victory in the end, and then Jericho yet again runs into the ring, uh, helps dismantle best friends in Orange Cassidy. And he goes under the ring, takes a, I don't know how many bags of oranges, I think two. Blood oranges. 10, too. 15 pounds of blood oranges. Beats Cassidy with it. Uh, Jericho, uh, <laughs> Orange Cassidy was uh, busted the fuck open. I don't know. I don't know. if the, I think that was from the bat. Yeah, he hit him with the bat first. Then he got the oranges. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho states that uh, blood orange Cassidy has just been juiced. What is <laughs> I just love Jericho. What do you guys think about this? <clears throat> I love I love that segment. I love that he took a giant bite out of an orange without peeling it. <laughs> Looked like a hey, savage that's where all animal. The are. Yeah, that's where all the vitamins are. Yeah. <laughs> Maria, how'd you feel about Orange Cassidy getting beaten to a pulp? I got upset, but you know, I, I know he'll recover and be back to himself, hands in his pockets, walking out again. Yeah, King of being, style. Yeah, being cool, laid back, awesome. He is the stoner in all of us. <laughs> so, okay, after that, uh, we go from, I guess, Maria's second to favorite, or third favorite AEW person, to her absolute favorite person. MJF interrupts Tony Schiavone. Complains that Jungle Jabroni Jack gets a title <laughs> shot. Hilarious. Not him. Not him. Uh, Billy Gunn interjects that conversation. Gets yeah, gets an MJF's face. MJF said something about you're trying to get your what he said. You're trying to get your uh, Ta- talentless your talentless sons another job or some shit. Yeah, that was great. So Billy Gunn gets in his face. He. Becomes a little bitch, gets Warlow to protect him as they walk away. Fun little interjecting segment there. And then we have the following match. Uh huh. Well, you know, I have to. I I laid off my MJF fandom for a while because I got attacked on every level for being a fan. But I will, I'm still a fan. Um, and. You know, he did what he had to. He called Warlow in because Billy Gunn, you know, he's older. He's more experienced. He he needed Wardlow to kind of step up for him. You know, he just have to defend him a little bit there. Like, you know, he didn't necessarily need him, but he had his suit on. He's not going to fight him, you know. He did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. Well, uh, he's yeah, still undefeated. He's still undefeated, yeah, because uh, he barely wrestles. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Uh oh. 
if she's gonna mess up her freshly painted nails. I know, right? Hold on. Probably clawing into her desk right now. He wrestled. He couldn't wrestle because we were under strict quarantine. We couldn't leave our state. No, 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 no. He couldn't wrestle because he had a death, a deathly illness of a hangnail. Which played off the fact, right? Okay, because. That was during quarantine. <laughs> I mean, he needed hospice care and everything. Yes, hospice came in. Yeah. Oh, we're going to stay in the kayfabe world right now and not pretend that it wasn't because we couldn't fucking travel? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Good you don't, you don't want to waste. Oh. You don't want to waste his good talent. Like, he can't wrestle every single. He doesn't, he doesn't need to get injured every freaking week to prove his point. He can wrestle. He's good on the mic. He has a lot of talent for how old is he? 24? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's ridiculous the amount of talent this man has. Yeah, he, he was born yeah. to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he literally he was, was born to do this. He was. Yeah. He was God's given a right to piss everyone off in the world. Yes. Yeah. All right. So after that, we had match number four of the night, Guevara versus Colt, Dark Order, Cabana. Uh, Told you. Yeah, I cannot on. stand the boom boom thing. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, yeah, so that was a fun TV match. I'm glad Sammy got the win. I think it per- further pushes the whole Dark Order agenda, pushed him over the edge to eventually join them, maybe, possibly, sort of. Uh, Dark Order comes out after the match and extends their hand out to him. He's reluctant to to grab Brody Lee's hand, but he does accept it. And then we had this... Bear with me while I try and explain this. I don't quite grasp what all happened with this, but Matt Hardy comes out to confront Sammy Guevara, tries to convince Sammy to leave from under Jericho's wing in the inner circle. Then he starts to split different personalities and can, can anyone elaborate on this? Because I kind of lost track of what was going on in this time. I don't know what happened. I, I, it was that was a miss for me. I, I don't I don't know what happened either. Started splitting personalities. Sammy leaves the ring. He starts biting the air. I don't get it. Don't get it. Mm. Anyway, after that after that weird thing, they had a vignette. The Joey Janela vignette. Um, about him falling into obscurity as of late. And I truly feel he has fallen into obscurity. I I mean, I had high hopes, and it hasn't been promised uh, as of late. But what, what did you guys think of Sonny picking him up from a bar? It was, you know, I think they're because they're both from New Jersey, right? They're going to run into each other. Um, okay, I didn't know that, so that helped. Yeah, but um, so then there's got to be some type of maybe hopefully a tag team type thing going on partnership. I don't know. Well, they're they're both in they're both deep into obscurity at the moment because right. I really don't see much of either of them. So hopefully something come can come out of it. Kind of like Kip Sabian and Havoc have done as of late, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Kyle? Uh, I thought the segment was pretty cool. Um, 
I just I've been trying to think where could this go, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I usually say that because something sucks, but I mean like mm-hmm. I, I think I think this could this could turn into something pretty cool. And I just want to backtrack for a second and can just say, can we appreciate the fact that uh, Evil Uno is back? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he did uh, make an appearance. Him and Stu. Kyle, Kyle likes Evil Uno, so. Oh yeah. You just uh, refer to yourself in third person. Do you watch his? As Evil Uno as does. As Evil Uno does, yeah. Do you watch his Twitch streams? I know he goes on Twitch sometimes. Yeah. He plays games and shit. I would I would join the Dark Order in a heartbeat. <laughs> just I'm just saying. See, what what number would you be? Oh God, I don't even know. <laughs> I did I see on that uh, AEW Dark they had another guy um, in a match that was number five. Number five is actually a distinguished member of Dark Order, and he he was on AEW Dark. Well done. I didn't know that. that well done, was, number five. Yeah, yeah apparently he, he's moving up in the ranks. <laughs> so is number five going to take number ten's place? Fuck if I know. I don't know. I'm already lost. I don't even know who they fucking are. <laughs> it's kind of like Slipknot. It'd be better if it was Slipknot. <laughs> no, I, I think I think some crazy shit's going to start popping off. I hope. I hope it leads to something. Uh, Evil Uno feeling, will make sure of it. I mean, I'm feeling Brody Lee. I like Evil Uno and Stu Grayson as a tag team. I everybody underneath them is just kind of like a just a mishmash of people that I don't really care about. They need to make something happen to where we can care about them. And maybe that's what Colt Cabana is all about. Maybe. I think uh, it yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. So. After the Janela segment, they came back from break, and I think it was Dasha in the background, in the, in the backstage, trying to interview Cabana about what happened in the match, and he walks into the Dark Order's dressing room. So, more teaser for there. I guess he's in talks with them now, trying to figure out what they want from him. Then, um, after that short little segment, oh, to backtrack. Um, the Janela segment. After that segment, he did tweet out to be continued. So mm-hmm. there will probably will be more of it. Thank God, because it was short as hell. So, no, yeah. I, I think I think there's going to be a series for sure. Hopefully, hopefully it leads to something. Yeah. It, yeah. it definitely played out like yep. uh, I thought. I, I thought it was very entertaining, but I wanted more. Yeah. So to be continued. Then they gave us a rundown of next week's matches. Is uh, let's see, Billy Gunn versus MJF, uh, Dustin and Appleboy versus uh, Hangman and Omega for the tag titles. Uh, big shocker here. Um, spoiler alert: I think they're gonna retain. Yeah. The Sex Gods versus Best Friends. That's that's gonna be fun yeah, that, as always. That that'll be <laughs> that'll be a great match. Yep. Do you and then think we have Sammy the... is gonna turn on Jericho? No. No, not no. I don't think so. No. I don't see that happening. No way. I think it's going to be more Matt Hardy split personalities. Yeah, I think that was all just... I, I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, Super Bad Death Squad versus the Young Bucks. That's going to be another good match, for sure. And then, after they announced those matches, Moxley finally arrived. Said he's in a bad mood. He's tired of Taz talking shit about him. 
he's gotten in his head. It worked. It pissed him off. Um, gave a good, good heated promo. And then Cage comes out from behind a car or somewhere. I don't fucking know. And they brawl outside. And Cage <clears throat> eventually just body slams Mox into the back windshield of a car, leaving him there. That was a pretty good, uh, pretty good exchange there. I guess just to set up further heat for uh, Fighter Fest, that's for sure. Yeah, they're doing a great, a great build. I mean, we know Cage is a beast, right? Um, Absolutely. And they're they're putting Moxley in a in a place of, you know, how how badass is this guy? You know, like he's the face of the company, so we're gonna put him through some serious trials and tribulations and see what he's made of. Yep. It's a and classic classic hero villain kind of deal but it's a great way you know to establish we all know what Cage, well wrestling fans know what cage is all about but mm-hmm. getting him established in AEW is very important and you know again wrestling fans know what moxley's all about but you know you gotta you gotta build continue building that you know what i mean and so people understand i, I think his character is evolving in a really good way yeah. Um, so I think I think I think the build up is really good, really good. Somebody, somebody on Twitter said Moxley's title reign is boring. I'm like, no, I I really enjoy what? it. I love when he comes out and gets on commentary. I um, he, he's cutting killer promos every single time. Yeah, you know I, I no that, that's like right now that he's is, probably second to Jericho as far as promos go. I mean, who said that Shane McMahon? I mean, what the hell? Like I if I know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fucking triple h i mean come on yeah it works for piss ant company yeah what a dumbass yeah no i i think uh i think his reign's been pretty it's it's a it's a lot of storytelling has occurred during his reign and that's what it's all about again i mean you know he's evolved from when he first showed up you know he had his beef with omega um which i enjoyed right but he's he's becoming more of a hero type character as opposed to, you know, just a wandering guy that's a badass. You know what I mean? He's he's getting a lot of depth, and it's not against him. I think they they did this on purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not against him as a as a wrestler and as a performer at all. That's not what I'm saying. I think that they they this has just been really well done storytelling. Yep. What do you think, Maria? I agree. You're enjoying and I mean, you know, and just like Maria pointed out before, you know, Jericho winning the title, the 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 inaugural was the only thing that made sense, really. And you know, his title, it 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 was different. It had to be different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sorry Mm -hmm. to cut you off. I just kind of want to. Fine. I mean, I don't think he's boring. I. I don't know. Like, I I feel like it's. It also goes back to the point that it was. There was a very stagnant time in wrestling where storylines had to be changed and people couldn't get to, you know, AEW or WWE. And there's, you know, companies that aren't even up and running yet. So mm-hmm. you, we just got to be patient and everything is going to kind of just come back together. And I think it's starting to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I feel like the whole bout with Brody Lee was pretty much like what. Uh, an effect of COVID, I guess you could say. It's. I don't think that was supposed to happen any t- any time in the in the in the time frame that it actually did happen. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. That's a good call out. I, I think that that's uh, that's a really good point. Yeah. So, but it, it's um, working, uh, and that that's why they're you know they're doing a hero and the beast kind of deal right now, you know, because it's working. It fits. You have you have a lot going on, um, but it's not overwhelming, and they're still introducing new talent in really cool <clears throat> ways. Yep. It's it's just working. So. Stay the course. That's all I'm, I've got to say. AEW, stay the course because yep. what you're doing right now is, think, is you're putting together a hell of a show. Yeah, I think the fact that they held off on or they're spacing out the debuts of talent that's coming in or, or has come in and signed contracts but just hasn't been on TV yet. I think they're spacing them out really well during mm-hmm. this time and it's greatly helping the uh, the pacing of the show because, you know, they're getting these new talents. They're coming in in cool ways. They're coming in not all at the same time, and it's kind of filling that void that we probably feel from the you know the stagnant, I guess the stagnant period, because the storylines have had to been changed and kind of piecemeal together at certain points. So I feel like that that's a smart play for them to kind of drag some of these things out. And some of them fell in their lap. Don't get me wrong, like FTR. But I mean, I'm pretty sure they saw it coming a good a good ways away. But they, I like the way they're they're pacing that out for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, after um after that segment with Cage body slamming him into the windshield of a car, they had the main event. Uh, Mark Quinn versus Cody for the TNT Championship. Uh, hard hitting match. Quinn was you know selling his ankle injury. During it, um, there was one cool spot where Cody tried a suplex, but Quinn like landed on his feet and then flips backwards back over Cody. So he re- completely reverses the suplex and turns it into a DDT. Kind of reminded me of like a silly string, but without the rope. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking crazy. Then uh, Quinn hit him with a 450 splash onto the entrance ramp. I thought that was another crazy spot. Quinn was just. He was going off in this match, <laughs> really showing off. I, I greatly enjoy this guy. Um, Cody gets back the advantage after, let's see, he evaded a shooting star press off the top rope um, and then puts him in an ankle lock that Quinn just couldn't escape, and he eventually taps out due to his previous injury coming into play there. Then after the match ends and Cody retains, Hager comes out, uh, beats him, beats up Cody, uh, with a slam, but Hardy Party comes out <laughs> and clears Hager out the ring. So then we had we had uh, the inner circle minus Jericho come out of the entrance and enter back into the ring. And it's pretty much an eight-man brawl. And the refs try to stop it from stop it, but they couldn't. So eventually the brawl breaks apart, and then. After the brawl, Cody makes the challenge to Hager for TNT title match at Fighter Fest, and that's how the show ends. What do you guys take on that? Yeah, I enjoyed the really enjoyed those those spots in the main event. You said Quinn was all over the place, and it was freaking sweet. Um, it's it's rare, well, not an AEW, but it's rare when you watch a wrestling shows start like that and end like that as far as matches go mm-hmm. so um just super quality 
main event super quality episode and the matches were all really well done so um yeah the, the way the show ended was really cool uh fighter fest i'm super hyped for i think that's going to be freaking awesome and uh i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on so i'm glad it's it's going to be two two nights and they're not yeah like you know forcing anything i think i think it's going to be two badass yeah freaking episodes of i think i think AEW. that point I think that Mark Quinn, this is the type of matches that he needs to be in. Yep, I agree. Because because of the fact that when he when he you know he's been in the Indies a, a good a good little while, not a, a very long time, but you can tell he was green when he first came into AEW, and I feel like these type of matches with you know somebody of the likes of Cody um, can definitely give him that refinement he needs to just get to that next level. So I feel like this is a good TV prime spot for him to shine, show show what he's great at, and then also learn learn from Cody to become a better wrestler. I yep. agree. I think it was good to have him in the match. He did good. He put on a good show. Um, good match. I I enjoyed it. I don't know, but I have to agree with Kyle. It's it's refreshing to see the the way the show kind of flows together, opening and ending, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a uh, really good, really solid episode. Yeah. So if you watched NXT yep. and recorded AEW, you're, uh, you're, you're going to enjoy it for sure when you, when you check it out. Yeah. So that was the show, guys. What's the uh, next discussion time? Well, before we go into the yep. next discussion, I have to say, you did bring up John Cena at some point. And let's... <laughs> okay. Let's not ignore the fact that John Cena is one of the... I have to say this. He is one of the nicest human beings walking the face of the earth. He puts in a lot of his time and money for good causes. Um, we all know he, I believe he donated um, $40,000, it was, to Shad's family oh, fund. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he tried to do it anonymously, but, you know, fans yeah, <laughs> pick up on it. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. He could have just flat out did it. Um, and it was a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. Um, he's done the most make-a-wishes. Um, he even did one now during COVID. Um, he is a fucking spectacular human being. I've never, I've know a lot of people that met him that said that he's the nicest person you will ever meet. He doesn't say no to fans unless of course you're rude. There was a video of him going around. The guy was recording him um, without his permission. It wasn't a photo, it was a video. And I think he got annoyed at that, which is understandable, you know, Um, just, be a human and ask him, can I take a picture with you and respect what he says? He'll probably say yes. And then um, he matched the BTS army, whatever that is. I'm not, I'm not clear on that stuff, but 
he matched them a million dollars for Black Lives Matter. And um, I, there's no way anybody could say anything bad about John Cena. And please tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. I I yeah. think I think like just with the money he donates for good causes and you know there's probably anonymous money he's donated for other stuff that we don't know about but the Make a Wish Foundation that he's like granted the most wishes for kids is I mean I think Justin Bieber comes in second but by far really yeah <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I think wants to see Justin Bieber. Kids, dude. I mean, aren't you going through enough? Listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I like Justin Bieber. Okay, I almost and I didn't do it, but I almost. He did the All In Challenge, and if if you won, you would have got him to come sing One Less Lonely Girl to you. And I was like, that's my favorite Justin Bieber song. Um, I would have done. I would have loved that, but you know, I'm too old for that shit. So. Um, what, what contest in hell was that? Like the All In Challenge. It was. was it was um, the celebrities would give like you know I tried. I did my money for Gary V. You know you get like a lot of different. Um, you get to go like to his company and you oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I know yeah, a lot of celebrities. I remember seeing that. Yeah. A lot okay. of celebrities, they raised a lot of money for that. It was for, um, you know, I think it was like Meals on Wheels or something to feed the hu- the hungry. Um, but, yeah, John Cena, forget it. He blows me away. Yeah. I can't believe I volunteered. Uh, I did some volunteer for Meals on Wheels. That was pretty freaking cool. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I highly recommend doing that. I, I don't know that Justin Bieber is second. I'm pretty sure he is, from what I remember. Um, he does do a lot of charitable stuff, too. You guys just don't know about it because you're not a fan. <laughs> um, he's actually went through your typical, you know, he grew up in the spotlight. It was tough on him, and I think he changed for the better. So you can't, you got to give him a little respect for that. Uh but what did you do for Meals on Wheels? I delivered meals. So that, like, on you wheels. were just, like... Via my yeah, wheels. Yeah, okay, you, I get it. But I meant, like, you know, on how did you partake in it? Were you, like, behind the scenes, or you were, like, out there delivering the meals? No, I was out there delivering the meals. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool as hell. Just the, the smile on people's faces, it's like, uh, it'll get to you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend, and they're they're just super cool. So who'd you deliver them to? It was mainly elderly people. <clears throat> okay. So, um, pretty much everyone that I had was yeah. And if you just took a few minutes and talked to them, it was uh, oh yeah, was, that makes their was, day. Yeah, it was it was cool. So, mm-hmm. highly recommend that people do that at least one time it puts things into perspective for sure um would you also recommend if people can't do meals on wheels necessarily that they volunteer at like um you know at thanksgiving they do the 
the um, yeah. soup kitchens. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not just saying. I think you should volunteer for shit anytime you're able to do so. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of incredible, and and if you take the time, no matter where you live, just research local charitable organizations, something like that. Google that shit, and you you'd be surprised at what you'll be able to find. Mm-hmm. So. This kind of ties into the topic we wanted to discuss about finding a purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. that, that could be a purpose in life to uh, kind of get out there and, you know, give back what you can. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, time is the most valuable thing. So, you know, yes, that's incredible. All the things John Cena does, I can't match a million dollar donation. I'll, I'll never be able to. Um, but one thing I can give you is my time. And I will give you every bit of what I pledge. You know what I mean? Or if I if I sign up for, just throwing a number, if I sign up for eight hours, you're going to get eight fucking hard hours from me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's all volunteer. Nobody held a gun to my head and said you had to do eight hours. Again, I'm just throwing that out there. So, um, and you're right, this is a good segue. So you think about purpose, you know, life without purpose is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird. And I didn't want to say pointless. Um, That's not where I was going with that. But um, just if you feel you don't have a purpose, that's okay. Because you either don't realize it yet or you haven't found it yet and that's totally fine because you're going to um for for me sorry um for me it was you know i was always the kind of person like hey i'm i'm never gonna have kids blah 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 you know you become a father and i look at where i'm at today and every bit of it revolves around that that is my main purpose i think as parents that definitely I don't think there's many parents that would say that's not their purpose in life you know Um, but there's alternate purposes in life too like for me yeah like you know obviously my purpose is to raise my son to be a better person than a lot of people out there especially everything going on right now I'm kind of like I do not want him to be some of these motherfuckers walk in the street, you know, like, no, I want him to be better. But like for me also, on the other end is my love of animals. Like if whatever I can do for them, that would be like, that is my other purpose. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. And I wasn't going for the cop out either. I just, I look at it like, to me, I, I'm like, man, if if I'm doing right by my kid, that means, this is the way I look at it. No, that there's means, nothing better than that. Right. That means everything else is falling into place. That means work is going okay. That means we have our needs and the occasional wants, you know, um, we're not... Uh, scraping and clawing for every little thing. You know what I mean? So if I'm doing right by her, I'm just, I feel like 
you know, I'm kind of in a lead position in my day job, and I feel a lot of that is my purpose, too, um, to kind of help lead and guide. And that, that ties directly to being a parent, but, you know, you can apply that stuff everywhere. So I think that's my main purpose, um, you know, taking on that kind of role and just running with it as long as I can, because if you're ever in a position where you provide guidance or teach or lead anybody, if, if they're doing well, that means you're doing well mm-hmm. and nothing else really matters. <laughs> I mean, just being honest. Yeah. That's where I kind of fall in my job to take on mm-hmm. a leadership role and manage a bunch of projects. I don't have kids like you guys, not yet anyways. Um, so I guess my purposes are more selfish at the moment, but just trying to just trying to create um, an environment where I can have the most success right now as mm-hmm. I plan for, you know, a family in the coming years. So that's what no, I'm don't, at right don't, now. Don't think life. that's selfish at all. I think, I think that's very admirable and that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I really do. I don't, I don't find that to be selfish at all. So um, please don't feel that way. I think any, any rational human being is going to admire that because it's, um, you know, being a long run kind of thinker is very important that, that, yeah. that leads you to success period. And it was, it was a long run. That was for sure. Because I was, mm-hmm. um, in my, in my twenties, I was stuck in a retail environment and I, you know, I was great at sales and I, I just, but I absolutely hated it at the same time. Like everybody does, you know, after they're in retail for over a decade, but uh, I finally, uh, you know, got enough money to where I can go back to college and really refocus my efforts in how I do with sales. Mm-hmm. And I ended up transitioning my sales expertise along with my technical knowledge and got a marketing degree, a bachelor's degree in marketing. So I kind of ha- had to refocus my life around that for a good two years and uh, got a bachelor's degree in two years and kind of refocused it on that. And now I'm now I'm just focusing on succeeding in that aspect of things. But it, it it's, you know, life hits you hard and life hits you fast and you can very easily stumble. But it's, it's how you how you refocus your efforts on things and make things happen for yourself. For sure. It's the most important thing. Along with kids. <laughs> I'm yeah. not there yet, but right now for me, that's the most important thing was readjusting my life to uh, to make that success occur. Well, in all fairness, you also have like 47 animals. So Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. take care yeah. of animals. Yep. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I think you have a lot of kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that, that this is an awesome conversation. Purpose is such a interesting thing. It can almost be looked at like as a catalyst, you know why you get up each day, why you do what you do, you know, that, that creates your purpose and you you should always be seeking that, you know, and if you're ever in a position like, damn, this just is not, whether it's a job or whatever, it's like, this is just not fitting with my overall big picture. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to, like you said, refocus. I need to, maybe this isn't my purpose. You know what I mean? And, 
um, some people too, you talk about success and people look at success as just financial and that's fine. I get that. Um, it's a different thing for a lot of people. I think at the end of the day, if you can truly smile at any time in a day, you're, you're, you're successful, you know, you're, you're doing okay. Yeah. And there's also points in life where you, you have purposes in life that you don't even realize that you have until somebody comes up to you and explains how you've helped them in, in certain ways that kind of make you just, you know, think back and, and reimagine what you, you know, what you're doing as a person that really helps, uh, that, that helped me, um, in my life for sure, because there was a point where I didn't know my, what my true purpose was. And it was certain people in my life that guided me in the right direction to help me along because I've helped them with their purposes in life too. It's, it's really just all about helping each other in the end, whether it's animals, whether it's people, whether it's your children, it's all just helping each other. I think that's I think that's awesome. I mean, it's 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 never easy to get like personal like this, <laughs> you know. But I think it's I think it's cool. It's healthy to talk about this kind of stuff. And as lame as this may sound, it, it honestly get a freaking journal and just write shit down. Like you'd be surprised what your mind tells your hand to write. You if know I, mean? I did that, my whole life would be different. Yeah, I'm being okay. honest. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to talk about it, but I mean, like, if I did that, I think that without thinking too hard about it, writing everything down, I think that I maybe would just change my whole entire life. I really do. It's the truth. So taking that a step further, for some things... um, so like when I first got divorced, you know, I'm sitting here by myself <laughs> and I would write shit down and I'd be filled with so many emotions. You're just pissed off. You're, you're raging, right? So what I would do is I'd write shit down, pull the page out of the notebook and then burn it. And it's gone. Because you don't want to remember that bad no. You had that bad moment, and then you wanted to get rid of it. Yeah, you always remember it's it. It's a form of moving I, past I don't, it. I don't want to hold it. Yeah, it's I would, a form I don't of moving forget. past it. Yeah, yeah, I don't forget anything, but I'm not going to hold on to everything. Yeah. I needed to make room for the good things, such as my kid and the bond that we've built. If I was just constantly had this negative shit hovering over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing me, if I'd have kept it around, I would read it and refer to it. So I'm like, I'm going to write it down to get it out of my mind so I can open just a little bit of room for something else that I want in there. And then I'm going to burn this fucker so I never have to see it again. I think I'm kind of the same way as you, but not in writing it so much as expressing it in maybe a musical sense. That's cool. Like, I'll either play it on a drum set um, mm-hmm. or I'll I'll sing it. I'll sing it and you know it helps me release that that energy that aggression that that thought 
and after it's you know i've done i feel like i've done a great job at that it just helps i don't know it's in a therapeutic sense it helps me move past it as well yeah that's awesome i think you guys might be giving other people some pointers and tips on how they can kind of cope with things mm-hmm. my coping yeah, with things right, is writing's always been my thing everything happens for a reason and what the fuck is meant to be will be there's you cannot control it like what is meant to be it will be that's why i have a, i'm indecisive i can't make decisions because i don't know i could make the wrong decision you know um i have to kind of take a step back and weigh the pros and cons but when they're equal you're kind of like okay what the fuck yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah. a coin flip at that point. Yeah, and then I'm kind of like, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm on this journey in life and I can't overthink. I can't overanalyze anything. If it's meant to be, it's going to be. That's point blank, period. It doesn't matter. At some point in time, shit will happen the way it's supposed to. Yeah, there's, so, a fine line, there's a fine line between planning and living for the moment. I and can't plan. A, <laughs> I think you guys are the planners. <laughs> well, life is a balance between the two. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But I, how but can that, you plan something you're not 100% sure about? That's exactly why I don't gamble. I need at least Maria. the illusion that what? I am in some sort of control or else and i just mean like in situations involving me if i feel that i'm losing control i need to get out because um it's like a defensive mechanism you know um gambling has nothing to do with living like you know living on What's going to happen is going to happen. If I have extra money and I go win, I win. If I lose, I lose. You know, like, it's it's not, it's not no, like I'm, it. I'm not spending, you know, mortgage money on gambling. I, I'm no, not I that person. It was, it was another <laughs> shitty analogy. <laughs> but, for, for example, did you have you ever seen that show Cash Cab? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This drove me fucking bonkers. So these people... They get in this cab, and they end up like, hey, you're on the cash cab. You answer these dumbass questions, and you get to your destination, and you get money. If you get three strikes, we kick you out. So these people make it there, and they win like a 1000 bucks or any dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And then they go for the double or nothing, and most of the time they fail. And they're like, well, I got a free cab ride. Okay, or you could have been paid $1,000 to ride in the cab. Oh, no. <laughs> See now, I, I would never double or nothing that shit ever. Now, I now see I would double or nothing it because <laughs> I got in that cab with no money. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have a thousand dollars when I got in that cab. So what right, am I really losing? You're losing a thousand dollars. But money is, you know, like you get, you know, yeah, money is great. Money is fun, and you know, money. It is what it is. It's money. It's not like for me, it's like just take the risk because, you know, I didn't have it. So, so that's the gambler deal. in you. Yeah, that is the gambler in me, but that's also how I live my life. So that's a, <laughs> that's a big like, I don't know. 
But for me, the money, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. If I lose it, I lose it. But, you know, you got to take the risk. You can't be, you know, like all your panties up in a bunch. I'm sorry. Take the risk. I enjoy my panties in a bunch. <laughs> thank you. And yeah. I, <laughs> no, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I, I was going to pay your ass to take me 20 blocks down the road. But now you're paying me for answering stupid questions. I'm yeah, so, it. yeah, like, what do you got to lose, though? Like, $1,000. Right, is, that, like, that's just it. You, you have a guaranteed gain. It's guaranteed. It's already done. You have a guaranteed gain. And then the double or nothing. It that's was always settling. like a video question, that's, right? And it, that's settling. That's settling? That's settling. No, that's planning. Know. That's planning. No, because I could That's settle it. right now and just live my life, you know, mediocre, or I could fucking take the risk and possibly become more happy, more successful, more money. But either way, if I lose that, I'm still going to be the mediocre person. So I'm not losing anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I, I understand. We're I, just... I see it. I but do. I, I totally get it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just not my mind. It's just not me. Yeah. Because you guys don't gamble. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, you don't gamble with your life either. Your happiness is just going to be like, well, you know, I'm not going to step out of my comfort zone because you I'm know. okay. I step out of my comfort zone all the time. Okay. But I have to have some sort of... Yeah, there's very few things that we can control... And I need as many guarantees as I can possibly have. I need to walk into a situation, if I don't have the upper hand, at least an even hand. Like, I, I, I get the whole, you know, risking things, taking chances. I get that. I do that in certain aspects of my life. But when the world and the government says this this thing right here that everybody imagines to be something of value and makes the world go round is the primary thing that you need to actually live off of. I'm not going to risk that as much as I would something else. That's what we're talking about here. If we're, if we're getting down to the nitty gritty of money, that's why, that's why I'm just more frugal or a, a dick when it comes to uh, financial <laughs> anything, because that's just in my, in my mind. And I guess that falls back into me and my, you know, my current purposes in life is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to plan ahead for the future. And that's that has a big part to play with it right now. So I'm not going to risk it at this moment in time. Maybe later on in life, I'll be much richer and then I won't give a shit. And I'll, be, I'll eventually go to the casino. But that's not me right now. <laughs> no. Would you rather be... All right. This has always been a question presented to me and I've always answered it. And I'm not in a situation right now where I'm struggling. So would you rather be, but I've always answered this even when I was in a situation when I was struggling. Would you rather be happy and poor or unhappy and rich? The silence makes me think that you guys are actually thinking about it or you don't care. <laughs> no, I did a dramatic forward lean in my chair. 
Um, this question has been presented to me my entire life. How about poor and unhappy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my current state. Yes. Um, that, that is my superpower. Honest yeah. to God. Like, you know. I'll be honest with you. I'm comfortable now. Um, I'm in no way wealthy or whatever. I don't look at like, so I, like I've always found something funny, like social media, for example. Here we go. I'm going off on the stupid ass tangent, but rich people say you should travel more and see the world, right? Yeah. It's like, first of all, fuck you because it's <laughs> expensive. And then good looking people say it's what's on the inside that counts. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've you've never had to do that. So. I don't, I don't, personally, if I was rich, I don't know if I'd be unhappy. I don't think I'd that's be as what full, I'm, that's what I'm I don't saying. think I, I would be as fulfilled. This isn't, you're taking the question out of context. There is, this is cut and dry. But no, this because, is my analytical because mind if, coming if I was place. rich, I don't okay, think Capricorn. I'd be unhappy. I don't think I'd be unhappy because I would just be less fulfilled because I would replace the fun activities with fun stuff so i just don't mm. think i'd be as fulfilled i i don't i don't think i would change or i'd be um any less or more happy or unhappy than i am right now and what constitutes being poor and what constitutes being rich okay are we I, talking strictly money um i mean i'm gonna put myself out there right now like stuff nobody knows. I was poor to the point that I lived in a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I had people that cared about me, that truly cared about me, that would stay in the car with me every single night. Mm-hmm. And I was dirt poor. Like I couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes. I smoked at the time. Um, but I was happy. I may have been struggling financially and I wasn't in the right mind frame of being the person that I should have been, but I knew I'd get there. But because I had love from people and I had a great boyfriend too at the time, I guess, um, I felt loved and I was, it sucked that I had no money, but I was like, no money, like no money. But you, I rich, was, you were rich in other areas. But I life. felt happy. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I could live in a cardboard box with the love of my life and be happy. You understand? And my mom always told me this. And she was like, when you find someone that you feel that way about, you'll know. That, that That's always where my everything happens for a reason comes from. But... I'm not saying that that person was the one, but the people I had in my life at the time that cared about me, that were supportive of me and stood by me at my hardest times made me feel so loved that I realized that money doesn't mean shit. Now I'm in a position where I'm not saying I'm not like, I don't love anybody or anybody cares about me. I'm in a position where I have money, but if you took it all away and I kept the people in my life that I care about, I'd be just as fine. Yeah, so I get that. 
So, like, to your point, I can travel anytime, anywhere, any place when I want. But if that all went away and I still had the people I love, I would be okay with that and I'd still be happy. Yeah, I... uh, Let me... let. Not to cut you off, but let me let me put this out there because this is my perspective from my life. In my twenties, I got married early. All my friends revolved around that marriage, um, and then when the divorce occurred, I mean, granted, while I was married, of course, I was you know, I was still young. I wasn't rich at the time. I, and then after the divorce occurred, I lost so many friends because of that divorce. I lost literally basically an entire support system except for just a couple of you know a couple of people but i had to build myself from the ground up at that point so i had to try and figure out how to re re to evolve myself and then make myself succeed at that lowest point in my life and that's where i guess the aspect of um not needing people as much comes into play and wanting money and success more came into play. So it's kind of like a, a role reversal as, as opposed to your story. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why I have a tough time answering that question. Cause it's like, uh, what constitutes, you know, being happy or unhappy or, or rich and poor um, because there's different aspects of both flips of the coin. So it's, it's, I'm more that's where what I'm more focused on right now is just, you know, I have the I have a couple of people in my life that are who I need. And I'm just happy that I'm actually succeeding in my goals financially right now. So that's why I have trouble answering the question. In a sense, I guess you could say because of my past. So. Okay, but you have the people now that you need in your life. So if you, something, you know, God forbid, you know, something happened and you don't have any money, but you still have those people, then you'd still be happy. Yes, but at at the current point in time when I I had the divorce and I lost all of those people, um, that's where my focus went to more than anything. It wasn't about the people anymore. It was about myself and trying to push push on through life okay i mean that's valid too i'm not saying that you know anybody has to feel a certain type of way if you think and like you know want to be rich and live in a mansion by yourself and that makes you happy then that's on like you know that's okay too i think i think the question would you rather be poor and happy or rich and unhappy depends on where you're at in your life you it's it's you have to succeed in both in both realms at some point right in order to survive so you have to pick a certain side at certain points and the question can be leaned towards either direction at certain points in your life so it's not one definitive answer is what i'm trying to say it's never it's never Yes, I'm always going to choose poor and happy, or yes, I'm always going to choose unhappy and rich. It's I'm going to try and succeed at both, and whatever happens, happens, whichever flip of the coin I'm on. 
Yeah, because I've mm-hmm. been I've been in the dirt and incredibly unhappy. I went two years working eighty hours a week, and somehow I had more going out as from a money perspective than I did have coming in, and I was working eighty fucking hours. I went six days straight without eating because I couldn't afford it. But my, you know, my kid and wife at the time, they didn't go without anything. And a lot of times I couldn't eat anyway because I was working, you know, just to fucking exist. So I've been poor and incredibly unhappy. I think maybe like, you know, to your point, to all of our points is when I say rich, I mean like rich, rich. I mean like you know, like, I don't mean like well we're you know middle class people. I mean like we're John Cena rich. Yeah, I mean like that and lonely. That's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, I can I can honestly answer this, and if people don't believe me, I really don't care. If I stumbled across millions and became a millionaire, whenever. I don't see myself changing much, if at all. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I wonder, like, you know, it's easy to say, but I wonder what it's like to kind of. No, I get it. Be in that position to be like, have so much money, but you have no, nobody to go home to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they I'm say so... they're unhappy, but are they? You know, I don't know. I'd be out yeah, my yacht. I'm saying, like, I've been <laughs> single two years now, and I don't give a flying fuck because. I sit here and I'm like, you know, when I when I don't have the kid, I, I literally do whatever the fuck I want. And yeah. it's, it's it's like nobody's yelling at me. So it's yeah. like, well, why do it, I want to fuck it, that it, up? It goes back to what I said previously and what we discussed last week as well. Like you're you're still trying to you're, you're trying to rediscover yourself. You know, you're yep. at that point in your life where you're trying to you're trying to re-evolve and and move on and look towards the future yep and they they fall back to what i said earlier it just depends on what flip the coin you're on and what you're trying to succeed at at the moment i think this is a very deep topic that we can revisit yeah yeah i i really i i like the question maria i really do but i think i don't think it's as cut and dry as the majority of it is the majority of people it's cut and dry but i think there's enough people out there with a story to tell that. Oh, of course, but it, yeah, I just that makes it I a was like being country. hypothetical, like you know. No, I get it, but cardboard but then again, box with the love of your life or right. mansion, unhappy. Yeah, but at the same time, too, you know, when you're in that cardboard box with the person you think is the love of your life, and out of oh, nowhere, no, they have to be the love of your life. Well, have when to have that you story. truly see, see that's when a question fails because nothing in life is that cut and dry. So why exactly. answer a question like that? You'll know. I said it last week. If you know, you you'll know when you find that person. There's no question in your well, mind. Here's the thing, though. Some people, and I've said this to you, and I truly feel, are just going to be single. And that's okay too. Slash alone because that's it. That that that's that's what's meant for them. 
I'm not here to make everybody, you know, oh, oh I'm going to find a soulmate. You know, no, because that's me. That's just me, in my opinion. I'm And I'm a positive person, and I like to spread positivity and make everybody feel better about themselves. So I'm going to leave it alone. If no, you want to be single, be single. I think that's awesome that you do that. So let, let's talk about <laughs> So we're, we're going to revisit this one, but I want numbers here. I want hard data and I want interaction from people who listen to the show, tweet and Instagram. When it comes to dating, how many years is acceptable between you and your whatever, the person you're dating, age oh. difference wise? Okay, but what would you say? Uh, right now at 34 years old, and I think my number would evolve, right? Um, at 34 years old, I'm at I'm at seven years either way. Fair. Up and down. Yep. Okay. So what is that, 41 and 27? That's where I'm at. But if I'm like, when I hit 40, I think that would probably be like five years. Five years Why? down, maybe maybe seven to ten up. I don't know. I don't know. It just depends. Because I think... It'd be weird to be 40, this is just me, and be with like a 33-year-old because I still feel like, especially nowadays, like 30, if you're in your early 30s, you're, you're, you still haven't experienced much of anything. So that's just me. I wonder if it's different for guys and girls. I think it might be. I've dated people slightly older than me who ended up being more immature than people who are way younger than me and I am dead serious and the majority of people I dated that were older than me were just complete jerk offs too so I I have to I don't know number I'd go 10 down okay up uh, maybe like two years three years up I'd cap at 10. That's not saying that I want. My my biggest gap is seven years. Okay. Now, fun fact, I have never been the youngest in a relationship. So, or the younger. I've always been the older. <laughs> so well, maybe I'm that's complete, my problem. I'm the complete reverse. I've always dated older women. All ways. I, I don't think there's been one time where I've dated somebody younger. Smart man. That's just, I don't know. But do you I, so feel I, like you're I know your, your situation, yeah, I, I, your situation is different than us, Chris, so we don't want you to get you in trouble. But if you no. were in the dating scene, yeah, what would your number be? And you don't have to share your age if you don't want to. Uh, I'll tell you, at one point, fun fact. <laughs> I was <laughs> I like uh, fun facts. I was 26 or 28 somewhere in that realm and i was actually dating somebody who was 42 yes that's 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 baller (laughs) now is that considered cougar or do they need to be older i think that i think i think that's cougar that's yeah i would say cougar i would too what do you think the cusp the cusp of cougarness yeah, as a woman, cougar is a little offensive, but I'm not. I don't get offended, so I guess that would be. I mean, 
And I didn't mean it. I just meant like, yeah, I know. oh, I'm just, shit. I'm I didn't saying, mean it that way. I, I don't get offended by shit, so. Um, okay, good. So was it a fucking cougar or not? I'm just kidding. No. She, I, mean, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I I'd guess. So. I, I don't. I'm in the boat. <laughs> I, age, is, age is just a number. Um, as long as they're legal. If I had, but if how I had come the, you never dated younger then if age is just a number? I, that's just who was drawn to me. I, always. It's always been that way. Like and oddly, I was really young. Yeah, I can relate to that. Oddly enough, I've the people that have been drawn to me have always been younger. Yeah, it's just weird how that works. I don't know why. It's just how it's always been. Because if I had to put a hard number, if I had to put a hard number on it, now I'm thirty. What am I? Thirty-three? Thirty-four? Somewhere around that. I'm somewhere around that realm. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I keep like, you ever you ever did that where you like you think you're this age, but then yeah. you realize you're a year older and you've just lost a year of your life in a in a complete instant of a thought. Yeah. And, and you and you're just the like, fuck out of yourself. Yes, and you're just like, oh god. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna be 89 years old. <laughs> yeah. With a yeah. Yeah. I've done that a few times. I think I'm 33. I think I'm 33. <sighs> Probably wouldn't go above. I, even though, like, I dated somebody who was 42 and I was 28, I, I, I still don't think I would go much above that, even now, at my current age. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm closing the gap here. But younger, I definitely wouldn't date anybody below 30 now. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I definitely wouldn't. Because I, I, the way I experienced my 20s, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to put that kind of... Uh, pressure on somebody who's in that realm, that frame of mind, and that time in their life to be, you know, to be encapsulated into one relationship or to to one, you know, possible possibility of a marriage. I wouldn't do that. So I feel like as I get older, my number is actually closing in. <laughs> I I would feel weird. Um, and you were almost, but you were on the younger side of this. I would feel weird being the older person if the age difference was like. Holy shit, I was driving when this person was born. <laughs> I would find that to be pretty uncomfortable. Um, so that would know. be that would be like a almost a almost twenty year difference, right? Yeah, we're we're talking 50, between fifteen to twenty year difference. See, right. I was twenty eight. I was twenty eight. She was forty two. So you were at fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. So you're right there. But so you know she, what? She almost got a permit when I was born. <laughs> I did a while back ask the question on Twitter, and it was one of the first questions I've ever asked on Twitter outside of, I guess, wrestling and stuff. And I got tons and tons of responses a while back. And um, for this specific topic, uh, there it was kind of in the middle, I guess you could say. I think. But I think more people, to my surprise, said that age didn't matter that much as long as they're legal. Yeah. So I guess it and a lot of women say the same thing. You know, a man is just as immature at 40 as they were at 30. Um, I'm not going to disagree. No, we're, we're, we're simple creatures. Yeah, and I mean, we act like idiots all the way up until the day we die. 
so I guess the age, I mean, I, and actually like some, some people really get deep right there on the timeline telling stories of, you know, their 14 or 15 year age gap and how they're married with children and happy and that's their person. And it's like, Wow. And then you have some people, of course, who are like, now five years is the max or like now you have to date somebody your age or, you know, like, okay, you're probably single. But um, I guess to each their own, really. It's the same thing, kind of just a little off topic, but I did notice that there are some women who will not date men that are like even a centimeter shorter than them as well. Oh, a huge thing. Height, height, yeah. Uh, I that a lot. I hear that a lot. Like, if, well, if, if, uh-huh. yeah, one of my friends, she is six foot tall, which is tall for a female. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I she feel will, like kind of she will not even look at you if you're not six three or taller. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you about ninety percent of women are like that. I find. Yeah, you could be six foot tall, rocking. You know, I mean, just be an incredibly good looking dude rocking, you know, an incredible dick game. She won't care. <laughs> I'm just saying she won't care. How would but, she know if you're short and she won't sleep with you? Right. She won't know. So she's missing out. Um, I'm pretty short. So, I mean, I mean, never really encountered anybody much shorter you, than me. Would you date a guy shorter than you? Um, I never thought about it, but for me, (laughs) for me, it's, it's all about the personality. And I mean, if we click, we click. I don't care how short you are. What the fuck? Well, it's like, you know, a girl who's like five foot two and she's like, I need a guy who's like six foot four or taller. It's like, I mean, real at at that height different, you're a butt plug. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, like shit don't work some people just like what they like you know some people don't want to date short people i i don't know like i know this that there are women that don't date there's memes about it that we share as women um so you know i don't hate on anybody if you're shorter than me i guess it's hard to find somebody shorter than me but (laughs) i'm small so i mean most people are taller than me but if you had, like, a shorter boyfriend, you could, like, pinch his cheeks and pat him on top of the head and tell him he's a good boy. I think the problem with females is, and, you know, we wear high heels. So now, like, now you're short, but you're even shorter because we need to wear stilettos that are, like, six inches. And you're fucking now even shorter than that. Like, you know, like, I guess maybe that's how women think. I'm not one of them. I don't wear stilettos, so... I don't know. Some of well, my friends definitely live by that, though. Yeah, I think it kind of, I don't, I don't know, I, I kind of saw the similarities between that, like, like distinguishing the height is a, is a big distinguishing factor in what they choose, and then also the age is another huge distinguishing factor, but there's 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 so many different types of people that pick anything. There's a, there's a, I mean, it, there's no there's no one defined thing that somebody's gonna say, but 
except person personality is where it comes into play. Yep. That's and the majority of it. On that though, I think that's an incredible topic for another show. Yep. I feel like we've uh cool, we've been on for two hours, guys. Yes. <laughs> um but yeah, I think in all seriousness, I think that's a that's an awesome topic. Um, but anyway, I, I think we should probably put a lid on this one. Yeah, let's cap it off. Well, I oh. enjoyed it. I thought this yep. was a great one. Did too. Any For closing sure. remarks from anybody? No. All My right. cat is here to podcast, though. You're too late. You're too late. Yep, too late, <laughs> Kitty. Sorry. <laughs> you missed out. All right. Well, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to the next one. Yep, same here. Me too. All right. You guys have a good Catch night. Catch you all next time. Catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.